Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode, episode three of Rerun Shuffle, the podcast where we hit shuffle on Comfort TV. Uh, as I said, yeah, this is our third episode. And if, uh, if you're just starting here, visit viewpoints.com or search the Viewpoints Network on Anchor FM or Spotify and check out our other episodes. I am Tim, apparently the boy, Macy. I'm, I'm an evil doll now. <laughs> I was a pro wrestler before, now I'm an evil doll. Um, I'm the multimedia editor here at Viewpoints. Uh, I'm also just a general self-destructive workaholic. What a mood. <laughs> <laughs> I am a general sitcom obsessive, and um, honestly, I've been holding off on doing a Simpsons episode, but I don't know how much longer I can do that. I am Leo Cabral. I'm the editor-in-chief at Viewpoints. I'm a queer, trans, non-binary multimedia journalist, and I love cartoons, creepy podcasts, and horror comedy. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, current TV before we get into old TV. I personally have been watching this uh, this new show on um, Hulu. I had no idea it even existed until about uh, three days ago. It's called um, Only Murders in the Building. Um, it's a murder mystery on Hulu, as I said, starring Steve Martin, Martin Short, and of all people, Selena Gomez. Weird. Uh, it's about three residents of a fancy apartment building who bond over their shared love of true crime podcasts and decide to start their own when something smells fishy after a neighbor apparently commits suicide. All three of the leads are fantastic, and the show is not only really funny, but it also presents a genuinely compelling mystery that goes beyond the standard whodunit structure. Like, there's all three of the characters have, like, dimensions of their motivation that they're not telling everybody else. And um, yeah, it's a really, really fascinating show. It has this kind of uh, dreamlike feel, kind of like a Wes Anderson movie, where everything's kind of um, surreal and extra colorful. But it's clearly recognizable as our world. Like the whole design of the apartment building is very like kind of like kind of like the house in Clue, the Clue movie. Mm, okay. It all it all has this like this like spooky haunted house knives out kind of like over design, which kind of gives it like a really warm kind of spooky mysterious feel. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into it because I want everyone to check it out. But um, yeah, it's a very striking show, and I really hope it's not just a miniseries. How about you, Leo? What have you what have you been watching? Lately, I have been watching American Horror Story Season 10. This season is called Double Feature, so the trailers have been giving us a lot of vampire and alien content. So I'm thinking we're going to get some sort of clash between the two pretty soon. So far, the first few episodes have been focusing on vampire themes, where a family of three and a half, played by Finn Wittrock, the husband, Lily Rabe, who is pregnant, that's the half, and uh, Ryan Kira Armstrong as the daughter. They all vacation in Massachusetts so Wittrock can write a pilot and Rabe can redesign a home. Things go awry when Wittrock runs into some writers who introduce him to a little black pill that unearths some unsettling cravings. I'm super excited to see where this goes. I have some critiques about Ryan Murphy as a director and showrunner, but we can save that for another time. Gotta give him some glee sometime. <laughs> oh, apparently he also does Nip Tuck. That is also quite problematic. We can also get into that another time. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm also watching, I'm waiting for, you know, weekly episodes to come out of What We Do in the Shadows, season three, and that's just a bunch of vampire and familiar shenanigans. I still need to watch that show. I, I, I love the movie so much, and I it, I still haven't gotten around to the, the, the series. You will love the show if you loved the movie. It's, the, it's basically the same thing, but even kookier. Mm, okay. So this week, we're going to be talking uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog, which is a show that I haven't watched in a long time, but was one of my like rerun favorites as a kid. Uh, so a little background on that. Uh, Courage aired on Cartoon Network from 1996 to 2002, kind of sporadically, actually, because there's only like, what, like three seasons? Yeah, there wasn't many. Yeah, but yeah, it was, but it was, but it was, it was off and on for like six years. 
and it's centered around a little pink dog named Courage who was rescued by an old couple who live in a desert town called Nowhere, literally called Nowhere, uh, which has always struck me as being like a, like a hell mouth, like in uh, Buffy the <laughs> Vampire Slayer. I've personally always been fascinated by the the mix of like goofy cartoon comedy, which is very in line with like what cartoons were into in like the 90s and early 2000s. The same kind of stuff you'd see in something like Ed, Ed, Nettie or SpongeBob at the time. And the way they would mix that with the deeply effective surrealist horror that they like to throw in there. I'm still messed up from a few things like um, King Ramses and the Spirit of the Harvest Moon. The Spirit of the Harvest Moon haunts me to this day. Courage is a really good mix that mostly, I'm pretty sure it most likely inspired my love for cartoons, horror, and horror comedy alike. You just don't get a lot of imagery from your childhood that just like sticks with you like that, you know? Yeah, they, they, they knew they knew Scary. And like the only other show that I could think of that knew Scary as much as Courage was maybe SpongeBob SquarePants. I loved their... Okay, so <laughs> I love when, when old cartoons were really, really graphic and they did that like gross, like gross humor, gross close-ups, all that stuff. It was amazing. Oh yeah, 100%. And that's honestly probably why I attached so readily to uh, Gravity Falls. A few years ago, because that was very, that, that, that felt like a very 2000s kind of cartoon. Absolutely. I actually just recently started rewatching Gravity Falls. I, I, I need to get back to that. I think I've rewatched it like twice already. Nice. And I need to, I need to, I, I, I might need to do it again. Because I was watching a clip from the, uh, the Summerween episode. I love Summerween. <laughs> yeah, I, we'll, we, we might get into that someday soon, uh, seeing as uh, Halloween's coming up. So back to Courage, though. Uh, this episode that we're talking about this week is uh, Season 2, Episode 13, and I hope I don't screw up his name, The Tower of Dr. Jalost. This aired on November 16, 2001, and it was a double-length episode, which went the full half hour, which is really rare for this show and, honestly, most cartoons, even nowadays. That's true, yeah. Everybody likes to stick to the 11-minute time span. Now the reason why Gravity Falls is so cool, because they were always half hours. Love that. So, in this episode recap, Dr. Jalost is speaking to the mayor and his assistant of nowhere, requesting 33 and a third million dollars for his unhappy cannonball project, which, I don't know why 33 and a, and a third million dollars is the magic number, but, you like know. Like a naked gun reference or something, maybe? I have I no idea. <laughs> such a strange, specific number. So specific. But yeah, the mayor doesn't take this request seriously and laughs at Dr. Jalost's face. The first thing that struck me was, um... I mean, you feel kind of bad for Dr. Jalost, but at the same time, why, why would the government of the city of nowhere invest in this? What was supposed to be, like, the incentive? What, what were they going to get out of it? I, I saw a comment on the wiki. You know how the wiki has, like, the potential for comments and such? Mm -hmm. Someone was all like, this is something about Big Pharma. I'm like, whoa, buddy. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I, I read that, too. Um, I didn't read the whole comment because, you know, too long didn't read. And that's a super huge wall of text with no punctuation. Mm -hmm. And if you're out there, yeah, I'm talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> We're calling you out, man. <laughs> but, yeah, they. Um, I, I, I thought what they were talking about was... Uh, was the uh, the happy plums in terms of like in terms of like pills? Uh, but we can get into that a little bit later. Yes. But, but yeah, I I, I I I must have not read the whole thing. Yeah, but, I have uh, a whole thing about the happy plums later on. Uh, but one thing I will say though is that I love the way the unhappy cannonballs are presented. Uh, they're always accompanied by that absolutely perfect theme music for Doctor Jalost. Like the the the, the kind the kind like kind of sucks your soul out. Like you you feel bad while you're listening to that music. Like it is that 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 like that like really just Mozart near the end of his life. Um, um, synthesizer music. 
music. Yikes. Yeah. It's very, very, very sad music. And it kind of like sucks the life out of everything. Just like the cannonballs. Because um, one thing one thing that was very striking to me, and it kind of gets into it later on in the show when uh, Courage is running away and he dives into like a cupboard, I think, to escape. Uh, when the cupboard door slams behind him, you don't hear it. Because like, I guess like the cannonballs are sucking in all of the sound. And it, it really made me wonder. Sound is the only, obviously sound is the only other sense besides sight that we're using when we're watching this show. So I'm wondering if that's supposed to be like indicative of the idea that maybe it sucks up all other sensations too. Like maybe smell and touch. You, you, you can't feel things anymore once the cannonballs hit you or mm-hmm. once they're near you. Yeah, that's a, that's a take that I didn't even think of or consider. Anyways, Dr. Jalost, offended, threatens to use the town of nowhere as research for his unhappy cannonballs. The mayor responds with, they're already unhappy. We just raised the taxes before kicking them out. <laughs> killed me the way they're <laughs> Just like, woohoo. <laughs> they're, they're just like, they're just like, they're just like having seizures of laughter. <laughs> they're just, they're just like, we just raised the taxes. <laughs> and I find it so comical. Oh my God. So Dr. Jalost takes his mechanical moving tower and unleashes his unhappy cannonballs on the whole town while the mayor and his assistant watch in horror. When the cannonballs strike the denizens, they are left looking green and slumped, too sad to continue their usual activities. One thing, too, about the tower, going back to the tower real quick, that, that really struck me was just how creepy it looked. It's this, uh, if, if anybody's like, if anybody hasn't watched the episode, which I really highly suggest you do, it's like a CGI creation with this uh, gritty, stiff-looking style. You know, 2000, 2001, CGI didn't look the best, but Courage the Cowardly Dog made really effective use of that early technology. Unlike, you know, like George Lucas around the time, who was, like, trying to make it look really, really, really cool, and we end up with CGI vomit like Jar Jar Binks. But we're not here to get into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um... Um, they 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 use they use it to create this kind of uh, spooky, uncanny valley, really stiff, wrong, nightmarish effect. I love it, like how they use that with King Ramses in oh, season the reason, one. That's the reason why he scares me. Yeah. Yeah, I love that uncanny valley effect. Eventually, the mayor gives in to Doctor Sholos' demands, and they pay him. Unfortunately, and not surprisingly, all that money doesn't make Doctor Sholos happy. He's even laying in his huge California king bed, eating out of a tub of ice cream and watching his giant flat screen TV. Yeah, his, his giant flat screen color TV. Wow. Which, which, which yeah, Muriel and Eustace don't have that. Watching, watching, watching that same bizarre show, the, the, the two like cartoon bodies with the live action heads like beating each other with like fish and chickens and stuff. No idea what that even <laughs> is, but you know, go it's, off. Surrealism, I love it. <laughs> So the mayor contacts Dr. Jalos, demanding he fixes everyone in nowhere, but he refuses because he's still unhappy. Jalos discovers there are still happy people left in nowhere when Eustace runs into his tower on the road after visiting the town to try and get his daily newspaper. Courage and his family are the ones that are left still happy. I don't know if we can say still happy for Eustace. And then Dr. Jalos heads off to rectify this. Apparently Eustace is impervious to the effects of the cannonballs. <laughs> Muriel is not. Yeah, I just love it that Eustace is possessed of so much rage and negativity that he's just incapable of being depressed. And it, it, it's, just, it's just so funny to me. <laughs> just, just that loud, low gong sound that plays whenever he gets hit, he gets hit by one. He just gets, he just gets madder. He's like, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm getting me mallet. <laughs> Later on, when Eustace gets hit by the third one, he turns into stone, which I think is so hilarious. I don't know what that is supposed to mean, but get in touch with your emotions, y'all. Yes. Work it out. <laughs> Not a, yeah. Needless to say, Eustace Bag is not a healthy human being. <laughs> Definitely. Far from it. <laughs> so Courage concocts a plan to get into the tower and find an antidote. He has Eustace pose as a pizza man and stows away in the pizza box. 
one of the things going back to Eustace again that kills me is that yeah he he outright refuses to to help courage with with, with, with his idea and he and um he needed the extra dimension of uh stealing twenty dollars <laughs> from from um from Dr. Shallow the rat by having courage stole away I'm actually not entirely clear on whether or not he even knew courage was in the pizza box oh god. <laughs> Like I, I, it was, it, it, it's just so strange that yeah, he was just, he was just like, all right, whatever, go fix it, leave me out of it, though. <laughs> I just this is none of my business. <laughs> uh, I think that's why Eustace barely teams up with Courage. I mean, if the dog just bribed him with more money more often, I bet Eustace would be more inclined to save his wife and all these scary, wacky shenanigans. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think we, yeah, I think we, we forgot to mention. Um, Doctor Jalos has a little sidekick named Rat. It's not clear exactly what their dynamic is because he doesn't seem to like him very much, or he seems really exhausted by Doctor Jalos's um, attitude. So in the in the wiki, it says that Rat is his adopted son slash ally. Um, <laughs> I wish they'd gotten more into that. Wow. <laughs> I need to know this dynamic. I need to know more because how did this poor little rat come into contact with this horrible, depressed old man? I need to know that backstory. I, I, I think with Rat, what really uh, strikes me about their dynamic is just that he really helps underline part of part of what part of what Jaws represents, which is yeah, which is obviously he he represents depression. And I think that his dynamic with Rat it really hit home for me because I think that like Jalos kind of represents what anybody anybody out there who suffers depression which you know i surprise i do he, he kind of represents what we all are afraid we seem like to the world because clear because clearly he's been kind of like this emotional siphon on rat for all these years and rat just can't deal with it like he says when you ask him like come over come come over and give me a hug <laughs> um he just does not want to do it and he's just exacerbated he's like oh fine i'll do it yeah because he's 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 throwing all this depression at him and he's not giving anything back and i think that that kind of goes and obviously like that's that's always how i'm afraid i come off when i'm depressed and i don't like to talk about it because i'm afraid that i come off that way and I think that this kind of like leads into a, a little bit of the angle of horror on this because that because like I said it's not a like a monster fear or a ghost fear but that is a fear that it's I a, personally have so it really hit me hard. It's a real fear like that reality fear you know like kind of like how Ari Aster does you know he 100%. focuses on real life horrors and I completely understand as somebody who also uh, struggles with depression and such even to this day I um I, I whenever I would have my depressive episodes I would isolate myself because I just didn't want to be that monster to everybody else's story huh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry we just got really real here yeah let's uh, let's get back to the cartoon <laughs> all right um. <laughs> <clears throat> so back to rat Rat is hit by one of the cannonballs when he and Courage are fighting, and he becomes a huge and muscle-bound monster. He attacks with a, with a mom tattoo on his arm. I love I, the mom tattoo. I just like that, that for some reason, like that was like one of like the the funniest things I think to like '90s and 2000s cartoon creators. Like just for some reason, like whenever somebody was big, they would always have like a heart-shaped mom tattoo, maybe with a knife through it. <laughs> this one's for you, mom. Like they just thought that was so hilarious. <laughs> I still find it hilarious to this day. Oh, not that I don't find it funny. I just 
it was just it was just it was just like really in the zeitgeist of like the car of like of like the cartoonist world around that time and i just find that fascinating <laughs> i need to find that origin story so rat attacks courage the big buff rat attacks courage who throws some of muriel's happy plums into his mouth and he turns into a little baby and honestly i was always confused as to why the cannonballs turned rat into this big huge muscle dude but hey it is interesting plot stuff my, my only yeah my my only um theory on that would be maybe that just because because um he's he is supposed to be like dr jaw's adopted son as you said before uh so maybe he's been experiment maybe, maybe that's why he's anthropomorphic because he's been being experimented on and his chemical balances are all messed up so now whatever this acid liquid stuff that creates the unhappiness cannonballs maybe that just tweaked his system and yikes. so instead of making him sad it just like rage yeah exactly yikes as he moves on courage is caught almost immediately and jalos puts him in a kind of combination between a bond villain execution and a saw game you win the game of hangman before the cannon fires and he'll change everyone back this whole bit wrecked me I mean, this, 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 this whole part was so funny the whole the whole the whole buying a vowel thing oh which, i mean i know wheel of fortune's still around but i feel like that's kind of like an outdated reference now i feel like it's still I mean, still fairly relevant in this case i guess you, you just you don't, you don't really hear people talking about wheel of fortune much anymore so i so I mean, not that not that kids wouldn't get it but it, 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 it definitely it definitely kind of dates it a little bit because like kind of game shows were so huge around that time actually the game grumps love playing wheel of fortune <laughs> so <laughs> But yeah, Kurt, and the, the, the whole buying a vowel thing was great. And then the fact that, like, it turned into, like, this intense negotiation and, like, Jalo was trying to rip him off because, like, Courage got upset because he bought, he, 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 it was $5 a fee. Specifically, he put a price tag on there. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, he was charged twice because there were two O's right next to each other. And Courage's like, hey, excuse me? That's the same <laughs> vowel. And they end up in this big back and forth. Actually, Courage slips out of his of his ropes and comes over to, <laughs> to handle it. And it's that whole thing. And the fact that, like, Jalost put his money in his shoe, which I worked at Knott's Berry Farm for about four years, folks. I've probably, I don't think I've mentioned that on the show before. And I can confirm, yeah, people do this. And it's awful. That's so gross. <laughs> I, don't, do that. I don't know which one disgusts me more boob money or sock money oh i got i got i got both and, so, and, some, and sometimes i would um and sometimes i would like my store was always like right next it, it, um, we were like right around the corner from the log ride <gasps> and there were days and and, and, so, and so certain days i could just tell myself okay all right it's cool it's cool there it's, it's probably just log ride water when the, when the money was wet Ew. um but there were days where i think uh the bigfoot rapids which is now the Calico River Run now, was closed. Like, they were renovating that. They were turning it into the Calico Ride. And so, and, and the log ride was also down for renovations too. And they would come at me with wet money. I'd be like, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't work at a theme park. Uh, if any of my old Knott's friends are listening, I miss you all, but um, I don't miss working at a theme park. <laughs> that, that day, Tim found out it was not the log ride. That was wet, that was wetting the money. It, it, it's like I'm just like where, where did this where did this come from? It, 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 it's this horrible thought you don't want to have. Scarier than anything in this show, honestly. That's so nasty. I'm sorry. I'm just getting <laughs> <it> over here. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely my favorite bit in this whole episode. So Courage wins the game of Hangman. The word was boom, but Jalos decides to go after him anyway, saying you cheated. Which, hey man. It's not his fault that you chose an easy word. <laughs> a four-letter word. <laughs> During the chase, Jolos tries to drop Courage into the vat of unhappiness acid, but Courage, trying to desperately 
save himself, throws the mug of plums at Jalos' head, and it ends up falling into the vat of acid, accidentally creating an antidote. Yeah, it, it turns it turns from green to pink, and now it's 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 a it's, it's an antidote. And some of the cannonballs get dipped into this new solution, and now Courage now is in possession of a happy cannonball, which is awesome. The happy plums make the whole tower and operation unstable, which is how the the new happy cannonballs start firing into nowhere, restoring everybody to happiness. Along with the happy cannonball, Courage escapes with Baby Rat and escapes to his farmhouse with Jaw Lost in pursuit. I love I love that bit when they get they go into the house and um, Eustace is in the other room and and he's and and and, 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 and Jaw Lost just is just livid because his tower is like go, is, is like crumbling and he's like you stupid dog <laughs> and Eustace is just like that's what I always say that stupid stupid dog. <laughs> I just, I don't know why, but that whole exchange just killed me. It's like, somebody just kicked in your door and you're not going to come out. He's still hiding in the basement getting his mallet. And he's just like, that's what I say. <laughs> so funny. Child me was always so happy to see that Courage saved Baby Rat. I think that says a lot about Courage's overall caring nature. Finally, Courage and Muriel hide under the kitchen table. Jalost is about to find them when he finds more of Muriel's happy plum sitting out. He tries one and it totally clears his depression. He's choking and you think that he's gonna die, but he comes in and he's like, oh hey, what is this stuff? I love this. And then we close on the newly happy Dr. Jalost hugging baby rat. It's so nice. Really nice friendly thing, yeah. So Tim, how, do, how does this episode hold up? Uh, so yeah, a lot of people might get mad at me here. Um, uh, there's a lot that I love about this episode and of this show. The horror and the comedy, they balance each other out perfectly. And I love that absurd, bizarre sense of humor that was on display. Especially like when you saw someone watching watching the TV, just like the weird the weird clips. Like for some reason, like they were watching a movie with um, Ghidorah. It's like a nightmare. Surreal nightmare right there. Yeah, just this this this, this odd and, and and definitely you know for a fact that like um there there were there were there were there were either there were either Sponge people who work who would eventually go on to work on SpongeBob working on this show or SpongeBob people who watched this show because the styles are very much the same like with live action live action surreal stuff on the TV and like old film clips and I, I, I just love that for some reason for some reason like I said yeah it wrecked me that they were watching like this old kaiju movie with um, King Ghidorah, <laughs> King Ghidorah. Just, 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 and it was just Muriel watching that by herself like, I, I don't know this is, this is such an odd thing to me um, the imagery of depression hitting you hard and suddenly like a cannonball was something that I really appreciated and it really does concisely nail that feeling while keeping with the show's uh, crazy surreal humor the only thing that keeps me from really loving this episode, though, was the end of the story, where Dr. Jalos' problems were all solved by eating one of Muriel's happy plums. As someone who struggles with depression, I kind of felt like the show was just telling me that I need to find something to fix my problem and get happy. You know, there's no reason for this. Get happy. Just figure it out. And that they're and, and telling me that there do exist things out there that I could just eat and that would just purge all of that from my system. If only it were that simple. And yeah, I just I felt like I felt like um, I, I, I can definitely tell you I can't really describe it entirely. To somebody who maybe doesn't feel it but depression does hit you out of nowhere for pretty much no reason and it's just as frustrating to you as it might be to anyone else like you 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 wish that happy plums were a real thing and you could just go eat one and you would never be depressed again but it just it just doesn't work that way and honestly having um, somebody as toxically sad as Dr. Jalost, just having it purge from his system within the space of five seconds. I felt like it 
minimized the struggle and that really didn't sit right with me it was it was it was a little bit too simple and it made me think and maybe i'm wrong uh, and maybe it was like a fantasy thing for them but it made me feel like maybe the people who wrote this episode maybe don't know how depression feels um so the, the, that that solution was a little too simple for my taste but although that particular angle as i said didn't sit right with me i'll still say this episode holds up the humor hit me a lot harder as an adult um it's 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 a, it's, a, it's a very it's a very clever surreal i mean i mean i mean you 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 look at the color of all, all the dark nasty gritty colors as a kid and it fascinates you but like this show is so much funnier when you're when you when you're an adult and as a fan of this kind of art horror because definitely Courage the Cowardly Dog even though it is a goofy cartoon from the 2000s it does dip into the same it goes to the same school of art horror as something like Midsummer or um or or Hereditary and I really appreciate that balance and I wish there was more like it but yeah I can I can as, as a fan of that kind of art horror I can definitely appreciate how effective the show is at establishing tone like right out of the gate like within five seconds you know who Dr. Jalost is even before you even meet him yeah so true I've always been chasing that in all the media that I consume I've always tr I'm always trying to revisit that feeling that shows like this give me where that surreal goofy kind of horror where it's like it takes itself seriously but also not at the same time as for how this episode holds up I think this episode will never get old for me and that it will always hold up I remember how this episode made me feel as a young child who dealt with plenty of adverse childhood experiences I didn't have the language or concepts to explain what I was feeling but the episode immersed me in Zola Jalos general sadness and that was the only cartoon that channeled how I felt internally. I, again, I also struggle with depression, anxiety, and, you know, general mental illness and junk. So revisiting this episode hit me hard. Sometimes it really does feel like this metaphysical cannonball hits you, and it really does make it impossible to do anything, even the things that I love. Going back to the episode where the cannonballs are shoot are being shot into nowhere and you know a kid the kids in nowhere are too sad to jump rope or even eat ice cream like it really attacks you like that i'm gonna say attack because <laughs> no it no it is it it, it it definitely punches you in the gut mental illness is no joke it's very serious the thing i think the thing about the happy plums is more metaphorical than anything for example i think that maybe the plums are so effective is because they were made with love or something like that um, even during my most, my worst depressive episodes, I think the only thing that would really make me feel like minutely better was my dog showing me unconditional love. <laughs> I, I love that boy. <laughs> or my Nana cooking for me. Obviously, it didn't cure me or anything like that, but it did remind me that I was loved and, you know, somebody was there. And that was kind of nice. I mean, again, didn't cure me, but it kind of helped. That or the happy plums are a metaphor for antidepressants but maybe it's ambiguous on purpose you know left for the audience to decipher what it is anyways i think courage the cowardly dog as a whole holds up pretty well i watch it at, along with steven universe whenever i'm between shows or when i'm kind of bored and need background noise oh for sure yeah and if anybody misses courage the cowardly dog they're doing kind of a reunion special where they cross over with scooby-doo we actually uh just before this recording we watched the trailer for that <laughs> it's a it looks a little corny but i'm probably still gonna watch it yeah my, my my issue with it i think was that there were lots of there were lots of bits of um of like courage screaming but they were always going back to the same well of like just his mouth opening up really wide <laughs> one of my favorite things in courage was always like the crazy sight gags that would happen when he when he when, when he gets really 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 scared like like in this episode we didn't really mention it but i think he sees dr shallow's tower and he sees that it's firing cannonballs and he screams and he sprouts like 40 extra eyeballs <laughs> 
on his head. Like, there's no reason why that would happen, but, like... They, there was no reason to illustrate it, but they did, and it worked so well. <laughs> I, I, I always, yeah, I, I always love those side gags. The only thing I missed in this episode that actually that, that, I, that I vaguely remember was um, Cur- Courage didn't go to his attic to talk to his computer in this one. Oh yeah, huh? I forgot about that. But yeah, going back to what you said, I, I definitely, I, I can definitely appreciate the angle that you know it was metaphorical and that it, you know, it was that the, the plums were made with love. But I think, I think that it was just it. But I also agree with another thing you said, which is that even though Doctor Jalost was, you know, he was he was a jerk, obviously. Well, is a jerk. He's still alive and he's better now. <laughs> but he. Just that, just just that, 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 that kind of like that kind of like big on the nose metaphor for depression. It was it was it was it was it was it was, me- it was it was messed up, and you know it made me look at myself in different ways. But um, it was it was kind of cathartic in a way. It was it was very like 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 I said that going back to that thing where he is kind of like forcing Rat to come over and give him a hug, and Rat doesn't want to, and he's like really really like kind of like pushing off of him. Yeah, and you know, just that it was, it was, it, it really, it really dipped into some fears that I have about how I come across to people when I enter a depressive episode. But it was cathartic in a way. It was kind of making me face down that ugly. It's, it's, it's kind of what I'm getting out of um, the show Ted Lasso right now because that oh, show okay. actually, um, it's, um, it, it, it dipped into it a little bit in uh, season one, but in season two, they're getting really, 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 really deep into like um, the main character played by Jason Sudeikis, his struggles with mental health. He has he has anxiety problems and he covers that up with his humor. Oh, and that's it, relatable. And it, yeah, it, like, like, but, and, and I, I feel like there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff more that, 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 that does that as well. But yeah, this, this was a very early example of something that it made me feel seen, I guess, as a depressed person. It really concisely dealt with a lot of issues, but I also then couldn't help but feel a little bit left behind afterward when this person who is this perfect metaphor for depression and really hit the nail on the head in terms of how bad I feel sometimes, the fact that he was able to just find this magic baked fruit that brought him back. I felt a little bit left behind and I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe that's why, because as a kid, I remember like once the episode ended, I was happy that it was resolved on a good note, but I was also left feeling kind of empty afterwards, even as a child. This came out when I was like, I want to say about seven. And again, I didn't have the language or concepts or anything to tell me, hey, you're depressed, kid. By the way, you may need some therapy or something. No, I just I was just left in the dark, I felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it really does just kind of come down to this idea that because mental health has been being engaged with a lot better lately because because now because now they're treating it as something to deal with something that you you know it, it's 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 in your bones it's in your blood you know it's it's just it's just it's just gonna be something that your brain's just gonna decide it's it wants to do because it is it's chemicals on some level it's it's chemicals and you know it's it's something that you're probably never going to get over without the use of other chemicals not drugs or alcohol but like well legal drugs legal the stu- drugs the stuff the doctor gives <laughs> everybody just relax the stuff the, stuff the doctor gives you <laughs> always talk to your doctor psychiatrist and therapist about this before just starting up any new um legal drugs yeah that's uh that that almost took a turn <laughs> i apologize everybody so guys 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 i mean prescription drugs those the, the, like, the, but without the use of those prescription drugs like there really isn't really any way to it, 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 the, the the big thing is just living with it and knowing because that's something that's helped me tremendously is that yeah I, I used to get these spells and I used to feel like garbage for long periods of time I'd cry in elementary school and my teachers would be like what is going on with you what is your deal and and I say the same stuff with my parents actually but as I grew up and as I started like 
consuming more media. And I, I've, I've, I've been on record before. I don't think I said it on the show, but I, in conversations like around the viewpoints office that like, I, I have gotten a lot of my education about being human from TV. Which, oh, is probably, which is probably not the healthiest thing, but I, I have learned a lot, and it's helped me know when I'm actually feeling when when, when, when it's actual depression. Like like because because when I when I start feeling that way, I can usually kind of like you know put the bookmark on everything and say, okay, I'm feeling very sad for pretty much no reason. Because because obviously there are other times where you know someone passes away, or I watch it, or I watch a movie or something, and I feel and I feel sad, and that's just sadness. That's just a people emotion. Um, (laughs) yes this is a human simulated emotion right here (laughs) swear i'm um, not a robot (laughs) but um but yeah when when i just suddenly sink into this depth of despair i can i I can i can kind of pinpoint okay this is depression and i can just kind of i can just kind of seal it away and if anyone's like what's wrong nowadays i can just say you know what my brain's doing some funky stuff today and I just kind of, I just kind of feel bad for no reason. Don't worry about me. I'll be good in about two hours. You know, like just oh, the, my, my own personal patterns. But yeah, the, these shows are, are, are being a little more sensitive in terms of like saying, let's learn to live with depression and anxiety and all these other mental health issues rather than as this show kind of posits, let's fix it. Let's find something to fix it and purge it from your system because it is something wrong with you. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that we're steering away from anything that is wrong or something that's up with with any anybody. I'm glad that we're steering away from seeing it as, oh, this is a problem that needs to be fixed. No, this is a possibly lifelong condition that needs to be managed. In fact, I also learned how to be a human through media, <laughs> mostly cartoons. Um, one of the big ones, I'm, I'm always going to be talking about this, but one of the big ones that helped me with that was Steven Universe. In fact, I wanted to use one of their episodes called uh, Mindful Education, which incidentally is also about mental illness and intrusive thoughts and managing those intrusive thoughts and, you know, those bad feelings. Honestly, (laughs) if I were to go back and watch that again, I'd probably cry again. (laughs) But yeah, it's, yeah, it it really, it really does kind of come down to, um, yeah, knowing, knowing when you're feeling depressed because, and I'm not going to try to minimize you know, suicide and everything by saying that it's all because of one uniform thing. But I feel like that's a leading cause of suicide is when somebody's depressed or they feel too much societal pressure or something and they don't recognize that and they think, well, there's no way out of this. Well, actually, there is one, you know, and, and they think that's their only way. But knowing when you're feeling depressed, I feel like that is going to be like one of like the, the, the key generals in the war against suicide. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean... Depression can just seep into you sometimes. Sometimes it's generational. Sometimes it's environmental. A lot of times it's systemic. I mean, living, I mean, living as a brown trans person in a capitalist society, it uh, leaves a lot of room for mental illness to come and creep up on me, you know? Yes. So, yeah, we're getting into some heavy topics now. <laughs> Just, just now, yeah, not guys, throughout guess, this entire guess, episode. Guess, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. I bet you guys didn't expect us to uh, get into this in a Courage the Cowardly Dog recap. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's why I love I loved this episode so much because it made me look inward as a child like oh no you know like there is things that like make you sad that you just can't explain away and that was another reason why like the episode left me feeling so empty because I was like oh no I'm broken but I don't have the fix for it I don't have these happy plums that'll make me better yeah and that's a, and that's partially yeah why like I said why why that that angle doesn't really sit right with me and it's not necessarily the writer's fault because honestly mental health in the late in the late 90s early 2000s was not being talked about mm-hmm. properly it's been stigmatized heavily stigmatized until fairly recently mm-hmm. maybe like the last decade or so so yeah now 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 we're actually you know getting into it and actually starting to realize that no well every it, everybody's everybody's got these quirks everybody's got at least a little bit of of, of, of the stuff that they live with Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that we've that we've moved on from this. This episode is fantastic, and there is a lot that it did, as I said, that made me feel very seen. But at the same time, I feel like they kind of attacked it as a problem to be solved rather than an issue that most of us live with. And honestly, and 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 and, and, and as I said before, like the, didn't expect us to get into this. Honestly, I think you can going forward. You can expect us to get into this stuff because that's kind of part of what went into creating this show is that no matter how silly or lightweight or something uh, an episode of a tv show may feel they're always about something whether they knew it or not and you know there's always there's always something to dig into whether it's like societal attitudes or you know actual mental health issues because i mean like there, there are there are there are certain episodes of shows that are about things fresh prince of bel-air carlton gets a gun you know like oh, th- there are episodes that are about stuff <laughs> but ev- but every episode no matter how lightweight or goofy or silly it may feel there's always there's always something there there's always context to it at the very least to discuss and i find it fascinating that we were able to find this much conversation over a 30 minute surrealist horror cartoon right i love i love analyzing and nitpicking the deeper meanings in the stuff that we watch because i do that with you know mental illness i do that with gender for example, I'm rewatching Gravity Falls with the lens of, oh, Dipper is a trans person. So oh, there's. Okay, you know I'm what? I'm gonna I, share. I, I'm gonna th- share that podcast with you. I have, yeah, that 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 did not that did not hit my radar at all when mm-hmm. I first watched the show. So let's, yeah, I'm not fine. Let's, 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 let's get into that one day. Ponder on that one, y'all. <laughs> that, 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 that never once showed up on my radar. Like I that 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 never even like moved the needle. Cool. Okay, yeah. Interesting. I'm going to share that episode podcast that podcast episode with you and we can probably talk about that at a later time. Oh yeah. Yeah, we got to get we got to get a list started. Yeah, we've got some uh probably nothing we're ready to totally share publicly just yet, but there we we do we do have some we do have some ideas going for this podcast going forward. So yeah, we got to start a list and you know possibly some some viewpoints related guests. I know we've already got a few fish on that line. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody mentioned Cowboy Bebop. Another person mentioned Twin Peaks. I can't think of the, any other ones that anybody's mentioned, but yeah, we have a lot coming in in the works. A lot going on. Yeah, so I'm 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 very excited about the future of this show. Me too. So yeah, I think that will about do it. Uh, we can probably start wrapping this up. I would definitely say to keep an eye on this podcast network. Of course, I'd say that. I'm the multimedia editor. <laughs> this is how I spend like, 40 hours of my week. Please watch my stuff. <laughs> Please. Thank Please you. Please clap. <laughs> yeah, we're making big moves over the course of the semester. I've been saying it a million times, but um, I think over the next couple of weeks, some of those big moves are really going to start coming to fruition. We have a we have a we have actually a pretty big meaty new show 
that's going to be coming out fairly soon once we get out of the planning stages. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, though, you can also check out Field of View. That is our sports podcast with uh, Brian Calderon and Jesus Coronel. They talk about uh, various quadrants, I guess, of the sports world. <laughs> um, stuff like um, stuff like, yeah, like like pro sports, uh, RCC sports, um, mm-hmm. stuff from the Inland Empire area. Uh, and they spend a lot of time on F1 because that is like their absolute favorite. In every episode, generally, the, the main topic tends to be about F1. So if you're into any of that, uh, definitely give them a shot. Uh, you can check out our website for more on podcasts and other news stories. We are primarily a student-run newspaper for the um, Riverside City College. You can find our stories and our podcasts at viewpointsonline.org. You can find us on Facebook, Riverside City College Viewpoints, as well as on Twitter and Instagram, at RCC Viewpoints. If you want to find us personally, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Nacey Kim. That's N-A-C-E-Y. I also also co-host a podcast outside of the Viewpoints universe, the uh, Super Awesome Variety show with my friend Brandon Eska. Uh, we do a lot of pop culture critique and uh, we just, we're, we don't have good attention spans. So we're, <laughs> we end up just like, uh, the, my, the, the, if you listen to the preview of my last episode, it turned into a Nigel Thornberry impression. <laughs> and um, yeah, I and I, I could not tell you exactly how we got there. We were talking about Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Oh, but, um, okay. But yeah, it turned into, I'll do this with my hands voice. I don't wanna, I'm not going to do it here because you have to listen to my podcast if you want to hear it. <laughs> Fine. Okay, I'll go listen to your podcast. <laughs> your stupid podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can find that. You can find that wherever you find your podcast, and you can find us on Instagram at Super Awesome Variety Show and on Twitter at SavsPod. And actually, if you check us out on Instagram, uh, we've lately been putting QR codes on the back of our on the back of our previews that'll send you right to our RSS feed, so you can just plug that into your favorite app. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chupacabral. That's like Chupacabra, but with my last name and an underscore. So check us out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that will do it for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with something that we haven't discussed yet. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's going to cancel us. Not, I, I know. He's going to be like, I'm tired of watching cartoons. I don't want to watch cartoons anymore. You're done. <laughs> no, Matt, Matt and by, by the way, anybody is unfamiliar, which I think would be most people. Um, Matt, is oh, our, right. Matt, is our, Matt is our newspaper advisor. Mm-hmm. And um, he actually suggested that I do a Curb Enthusiasm episode. I don't know how we could do that in an educational setting because that show is dirty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the show is very, very like, and 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 not just like in a way that you can like avoid the dirty parts and just talk about like the 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 the, the, the dirtiness and like like the the curse words and racial slurs and stuff. Those are all baked into the plot. Like they're all they're all pointing out like societal ugliness. And yeah, it's it, it's 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 a lot that show. And I would love to talk Curb Enthusiasm because in addition to being like this crazy like mostly improvised sitcom, it's also it, it, it it's got this deep kind of interpersonal lore between the characters that I'd love to dig into. But yeah, like I said, for, I I have to dig deep to find an episode that's like cleaner than others. Oh man. But it's a shame because like the best episodes are just filthy. <laughs> <laughs> so hard <laughs> but yeah we better get on that or matt is going to cancel us no <laughs> <laughs> you know we could probably do a side project or i don't know just talk personally about it <laughs> it doesn't have to be on probably here. probably not public uh but yes so i think as i said that's about gonna do it for us this week uh we'll see you all next week thank you so much for listening bye